always fuck around with this equipment as if it's my first time using it when I start this. Um, hi, everyone. Welcome to Ink Pulp Audio. So uh, today we have Kevin Mellon. He just left my studio, so I'm recording this intro after the... Well, I'm always recording it after, but I'm recording it immediately after it. Uh, and I had plans for this intro, but that was a extremely good talk with Kevin and a very kind of deep talk with Kevin. And I think you'll see um, I'm working some stuff out in my head that kind of related to what he was saying. So I'm I'm asking questions about stuff. And if you're wondering where that those questions are coming from, I, I think I'm working through some of the stuff he's worked through and I get to learn from his experiences. Um, but I'm about to start an internship. I'm not taking on an intern. I myself will be one. And I can't say what yet because there's a a plan on that. And it's uh, it's something I'm interested in. It does involve drawing. And it's, it's a little hard for me uh, mentally to understand. I, I think too much. <laughs> you know this. I just think too much. I overthink and I need to let that go. Uh, but so I, I am working out a lot in my head and it's, it's just trying to understand. I, I don't know if it's trying to understand what I, yeah, trying to understand what I'm doing. I just feel like I'm fumbling through so much of life, but maybe that's just what life is. So maybe I just need to let that go and shut up inside. Need to turn that off. Um, yeah, it was. It's a. It's a really good talk with Kevin. I, I hope you all enjoy it. I. I had a lot to say in this intro, but I'm kind of just processing that that conversation we just had. It's. It, it got. I. I. You know. It was. It, there was a lot for Kevin to say, but there was a lot going on within me emotionally. It was. It was hard. It was a hard one for me. Uh, just because of where I am and hearing some of that, the thoughts. And there was a lot of helpful information in there. So blah, 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 blah. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Uh, thank you, Kevin, for coming up and doing this. I, I know I've had people asking for more lengthy intros again. And I'll get there. I, I will. I just feel like I've spent, when I first started doing this, I was in a very different headspace. And I've worked through a lot of the worry. I've worked through a lot of the anxiety. I've worked through a lot of that. It's not to say I'm I'm a okay because I'm 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 working through stuff. I'm mentally healthier, yes. Um, but now I, it's there's real problems afoot that I'm trying to work through and and deal with. And it's not just my mind making me suffer. It, it, there's there's legitimate stuff I'm trying to to work around and get a grip on, but that's just life. So stop being a fucking baby. That's what my mind says. Uh, yeah. So I, I you know and I'm looking back and we're in the fifties, and when I uh, when I started this, 
there's a lot of expectations and pressure and um how you know not being able to put it out very often but once a month and and then I tried twice a month and everyone liked that but I couldn't keep up with it so I have people asking for that and uh, once a month is I think what I can do and I'd like to do more but it, I just I don't have the time and it's not like this isn't a job where I I'm getting paid I mean if I was getting paid I could do this every day um, I also think there's podcast fatigue I think putting them out too much. I, I understand there's a, 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 just an unquenchable thirst for the listener, but I think that that's a perception. I don't think that's a reality. I think the old Hollywood or maybe it's even Broadway idea of always leave them wanting more works. And so while once a month is, is not very often now that I've got 50 something episodes in the bank, if I just keep the course, I'll have a lot. I, I There's podcasts that I listen to where they put out like three a week. I, I'm done. I just stopped. I I haven't listened to an episode of Mara's podcast in six months now. I just, I, I was done. I think part of it was I found the earlier episodes more interesting because he was interviewing comedians and I, I found the way they were wired and their thought process is similar to what I think a lot of creative types are um so yeah i don't know what well, i don't know what my fucking point is uh, who the fuck knows uh here here how about this why don't you listen to this episode and you can enjoy me shutting up for most of it because kevin had a lot to say sorry about that Sorry, make you wait. <laughs> My life is like Tetris, where no, it's all every good, piece I'm trying to fit perfectly in place, and totally understand. Yeah. I'm always a few minutes behind. No, I mean right now it's like I'm just kind of like in that space of like everything's gonna take time, everything's gonna just like all right, just let shit happen. <laughs> That's a healthy attitude. I'm trying because you know. <laughs> Have you always been that way? No, no. <laughs> um, trying to relax. Spent a lot of the last year being super not relaxed, and the having a tree fall on me was not the bottom. You know? Right. Like I hit bottom about a month after that. Oh, after that? All right. Yeah. yeah. I, I want to get there. Sure. Yeah. Sorry. Let's yeah. set that up. Okay. Yeah. Um, how long have you been in Atlanta now? Uh, four years. Four years officially um, as of right now, actually. Oh, wow. That went yeah. fast. Yeah. Super fast. Um, I moved down, finished working on Archer season three from Kansas City. Uh, I worked on... If not ever, the, about maybe six or seven of the episodes in season three, they would they would hand me scenes, um, and I would do that. And then uh, at the end of the season, they asked me to move down, and that was February, I think. I was in uh, the house I'm just moved out of, uh, like Marchish, I want to say, Mar end of March of okay. 2012. So, had you storyboarded before Archer? Um, just uh, a couple of small commercial jobs that were no in no way preparation for working on Archer. <laughs> How did you get hooked up with Archer? Um, through Twitter, actually. Uh, I was a fan of the show. Uh, they did a show. Sorry, it seems like you're going to say something. No, 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 okay. no. no. Um, I was a fan of the show uh, Frisky Dingo that they did on Adult Swim. Right. And then as soon as I saw that they were, and Archer was announced, I'm like, that looks like Frisky Dingo. Oh, shit, it is Frisky. Like, it's those guys. Right. Um, 
loved the first two seasons. Uh, season two premiered on my birthday of that year, and I tweeted out, oh, hey, thanks for the birthday present. And Neil Holman, the art director, tweeted back, like, you're welcome, just for you, buddy, you know? <laughs> Started following him, talked to him every once in a while on Twitter, uh, and then he put out a call uh, fall of that year, that would be 2011, I think, um, saying that they were hiring. And uh, I just at replied, oh, fuck, I wish I could apply for this, because they wanted people in Georgia. Right. Right. So he starts following me. He messages me. He's like, hey, man, I like your, I've seen your comics. I like your work. Let's see what we can do. Um, so he sends me a test. Uh, I do it. And then we kind of talk about what I did wrong, what I can do better. And at uh-huh. the end of the email, he's like, hey, uh, I'd like to hire you part-time for, uh, and we'll try it out and see where that goes. Oh, okay. Because um, they had kind of, Floyd County had kind of uh, exhausted the pool of storyboard talent in Atlanta at right, that time. Right. Um, and we still, you know, have to this day, it's one of the hardest things we have a hard time finding. Uh, and so they were kind of like at their wits end with trying to find people. So they started looking outside of the state okay. and I kind of benefited from that. So. And previously you had only, you were full on comics. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh, first book, um, gearhead, uh, with Dennis hopeless came out in 2007. Right. You and Dennis did a lot together. Uh, we did. Yeah. Our first two books were together. We worked on a, we've worked on other projects, but nothing that's okay. seen print or whatever, but yeah, uh, gearhead. And then it was my third book. His second love struck, uh, came out through image. So. Was it hard for you to, uh, and I'm not talking like physically, I guess, mentally yeah. to get into storyboarding, having this love of comics, like, did you feel, and I'm asking this for very, very personal reasons. Sure. Did you feel a sense of like, that's not working? <laughs> Let me try this. Mm-hmm. You did? I feel that about everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, is that a hard transition for you? Like, um, and, and, yeah, well, and I'm not putting that on you. Like no, I was no. saying to you earlier, I'm starting an internship soon. Yeah. And part of me is like, did I fail? Is that why I'm doing this? Like, it's something no, I yeah. want to do. It's something I'm interested in. Yeah. But, uh, like, my screwy brain starts to do that. Are so you I'm talking on... about the Catholic guilt of not, of the career in comics not supplying everything? That yeah, the Jewish guilt of my end, yeah. So yeah, yeah, they're yeah. the same yeah. thing. It's all the same thing. Yeah, it's all that same level of, like, uh, I mean, I say Catholic guilt. I'm not Catholic. I grew up Southern Baptist. For me, it's like oh, Midwest, okay. it's Midwestern blue collar work ethic guilt, right. like, which is much larger, longer to say. <laughs> it's yeah. just easier to say Catholic guilt. Um, okay. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, anytime I'm, anytime, uh, uh, I mean, that has to do, we place so much value. Um, so we place so much of our self worth on how we feel about what we've done. Right. And we have these ridiculously high, I mean, maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but I'll speak in general terms. Um, We have these ridiculously high expectations for what those things are, Mm -hmm. what they will be, and how we will arrive there. And if we don't meet those, or if I, I, when I personally didn't meet those, I mean, that's just massive crash into depression. Right. So it's like... So did you crash into depression when you started storyboarding? Did no, you wrestle no. with that? Um, I did. Res- I, re- uh, I wrestled with the work. Like, uh, um, so when I got when I got in, comics is a very different animal from storyboarding. Sure, um, comics and storyboard. Like a lot of people, just to kind of get on my horse for high horse for a second. Um, moving from comics into storyboarding, I feel is Herculean di- levels of difference. You sure. can go okay. from storyboarding to comics much easier than you can the other way around. Oh, really? I believe. Okay. Um, I believe that uh, especially. If you grew up reading comics um, and you come from a not studying um, storytelling in other medium, right. in other media, 
you have a lot of bad habits, just okay. a lot of bad storytelling habits. It doesn't make you a bad storyteller. It can make you an excellent storyteller in comics, but it can make you a terrible one in other media. Okay. Um, and that's what I found out, is I found out that like as much as people lauded my layouts and storytelling in comics, I got in storyboarding, and I'm like, I the fucking don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, uh, it was college part two, you know? So, so did that hurt your ego? No, um, because I thrive in places where I'm failing. Okay. Um, I uh, like I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day where like I um, it's about writing because I'm trying to get into writing more stuff like that and it's like I can draw a page in my sleep like it's and I'm not saying that it's going to be a good page but I can do a page I can sit down with you know four to eight twelve hours and something will get done drawing right this. right I will have a product. I can write for three hours and be no better than I was when I sat down. Okay. <laughs> you know? and, it's, and that's tough because I'm used to there being an end result. Sure. Whether I like it or not is a whole other story. Whereas with writing, it's, and it's just a, a level of time thing. So with, uh, I, had not put in the, I have not put in the time to become a better writer. And with storyboarding, because I, it, was, it was drawing, it was storytelling, I can do this. No, this is a whole other muscle I've got to learn to use. So okay. it was failure on a... Well, that fucking sucks. I didn't get anything into that episode. Like next uh, episode, you know, stuff like that. Where it's like, right. it's not like a. It wasn't an ego. It was a struggle in the sense that I had a couple of levels of things going on. I had to figure out new town, new friends, new coworkers, right. I, coworkers for the first time in like a decade because right. I been freelance. So it's like I went from living in a, by myself in an apartment in the middle of Kansas City to like I'm in a room with a hundred other people. Right, <laughs> which right. Was, sure. That was an adjustment. Um, you know, and then moving in and doing something and like just feeling like I was failing at it because I'm getting stuff like, you know, scenes I'm doing are getting reworked by other people, you know, and, I, and it took me a while to realize it has nothing to do with me. Right. Or it's not a personal thing. It is at the end of the day, that show has to get made whether I'm a part of it or not. Mm-hmm. So I can either be a part of it or not. Right. And once I realized, like, and the, the other half of that conversation was me sitting down and being realistic with myself and my bosses and being open and saying, guys, I'm struggling. You know, I'm struggling. Uh, where, where can we, you know, and, they, and they, this was reciprocated on their end. It was very much a where can we work with each other to get better and communicate better and to give each other what we need so that they want me to do well. Like, right. There's no part of them that didn't want me to struggle. They wanted me to, you know, do better. And so... Having that conversation was important, and then also, like, being open with them and being honest with myself and them about what I needed to do better allowed me to do better. And so that was kind of a huge, kind of, like, three-quarters of the way through season four was when that happened. And, like, so the last couple episodes, like, I got stuff, everything I did got in. It, it You know, it's like the stuff that got reworked was stuff that just we can't do this or logistically, right. okay, the scene needs to blah, 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 or a rewrite would come in on the script. And so it's like nothing that like, right, but you would, I, you would internalize that and yeah. make it, I, mine sucked. So they went in another way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and, and it's one of those things where like, you know, and then midway, uh, part of the, a couple episodes into season five, we lost most lost quote unquote, most of our storyboard team. So it became me, um, you know, Justin Wagner, who I work with every day. And then one other guy basically, we we had some help, but it was we were the core ones doing from episode five through the end of the season. We, uh-huh. were, we were boarding a show that had normally been boarded by four to five people was now three people mostly, <laughs> you know. And that was when I really like Justin. And I really had to like, oh shit, can we do this? Because we got this episode where it's a three act, it's a four act show, teaser act one, act two, act three. Uh huh. Two and a half acts were car chase, and we had to do this in two weeks. 
and the studio had just announced we're going to be moving buildings and all this other stuff. And me and Justin are like, fuck, we got to show up. Like, we just lost one of our key storyboard members to another show. And and somehow we pulled it out of our asses but and did it. And, like, from then on, he and I both had that level of, like, oh, we got this. Right. And that, that confidence that you need in order to um, – they trust us. But more importantly, we trust us. Right. And yeah. That was a huge thing going. That's forward. a very big thing. Yeah. So, how, are as you're working on Archer, are you doing any comics mm-hmm. stuff? Yeah. yeah um, like I kind of talk about this a little bit, but like one of the I felt like um, at the time they asked me to move down to Archer, I was kind of at a crossroads. All my friends were doing bigger books of image doing and more but more importantly they were moving to marvel and dc uh-huh. um, so basically everyone i came up with is now at marvel and dc doing stuff and i i felt like this incredible and nobody put this on me but myself i felt this incredible pressure that i had to do that right i didn't really want to do that and it's not because those are bad things it's just like That's i not what you wanted yeah i'm not that person so um i and the archer thing just kind of came along i'm like Oh, this is the thing I do really love. Like I, I like the show and I can I can do this for a year. I can move to Atlanta for a year. Like, right. The South was never on my radar. So it was more like you know, that choice became, oh, this will also I can do my own shit and I'll have a steady paycheck for a year and I'll just bank money and make my own stuff. Uh-huh. And then when I come out of it, if I don't like doing storyboards, if I don't like Atlanta, then at least I've banked you know, just save money and I've done in my free time all this other stuff so I can come out of it with something that I can be like, here, this is me. I wrote and drew this and all that. Um, four seasons and f- or five seasons and four years later, I'm still in Atlanta, still working on the show, but that's what I've been doing is I've been working on my own stuff. So have you, is it is stuff you're just self-publishing? I did. Yeah. I, uh, um, I did Suicide Sisters volume one. Uh, is three, yeah. yeah. Three issues. Um, so it's like a 96 page story. Um, and how long did it take you to do that? Uh, all told, I started it before I moved and then finished it right after I moved. So about two and a half years, but it was oh, while okay. doing freelance stuff. Um, so it's like I did a, a heart at image, did American muscle at image, then worked on Archer for a year. Right. So it was like me chipping away at it. Um, and okay. then, so I just, I put it out myself because, um, I work, uh, now working uh, 40 to 60 hours a week on a show. I just don't sure. have time to promote a book. And honestly, right. I didn't need it to make money. Right. It you just, just wanted to do it. Yeah. yeah. Now, is that difficult for you? Like, do you feel, I don't even know what the emotion is, sadness or anything because you're always working on Archer that you're not able to produce comics like you used to? Do you feel a loss, a sense of loss or a sense of no, that's, failure, yeah. I guess? Yeah, no, that's an interesting way to put it. And uh, I I can if I choose to. Um, I try well, yeah, not to. That's a healthy way to be. I, tr- uh, I mean, trust me, I spent a lot of uh, last year like feeling like a failure because I wasn't getting enough done. Okay. Um, but I have, uh, particularly in the last couple months, like, you know, it's like, really kind of like made a concerted effort to no one is, no one is forcing me to feel that way right you're just my, doing it to yeah, yourself yeah i'm doing it to myself but that's also part of my cycle of like self abuse as far as the mental and emotional stuff is like i will just beat myself up i will come up with every single scenario in which this is the worst possible thing ever <laughs> and then spiral downward from that uh, i'm when good at nothing, that game i can play that game yeah 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 <laughs> i mean you know when when literally nothing bad has happened Right. Oh, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, I, it's one of those things I where can like, turn success into failure very easily. Oh, yeah. Dude, I can turn waking up into failure. <laughs> Which, you know, I'm sure So you, let's yeah. talk about this. Yeah, yeah. Was this. Is this all stuff that was in you before your move? 
Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, honestly, uh, so to kind of get you get a little bit more backstory, um, so started in comics in 2006, 2007, uh, went freelance for a couple years, basically kind of through bad lifestyle and money management and stuff like that, um, ended up having to file bankruptcy at 30. Um, uh-huh. So I'm 37 now. Uh, so I'd been in I'd been in comics ha- and had done a, a bunch of like a bunch of books, like a couple of like, creator owned books that I liked, and a bunch of work for hire that was awful, um, and not because of anyone's fault but mine. I just shit out a bunch of work because I was trying so desperately to keep a career and not make a life, and that was a huge thing that I didn't realize. Explain that. Okay, um, I was doing. I was grabbing everything mm-hmm. rather than building something. Okay. Does that make sense? Um, it does to me. Yeah. I'm trying to... Okay, I see what you're saying, but I should probably try to... Okay, so I think as... Uh, I'm just going to say as creative people, but this doesn't... I don't think this excludes any person or job. I think that it, we have a tendency to... Um, well, this is the only thing that will ever get offered me, so I need to take it because nothing is going to come after this. So you were you weren't... You weren't making choices based on anything but fear. Yes, is that what yeah, it was? Fear and money. Yeah, okay. which is the same thing to me. You know? Yeah. Um, I, w- I if and so I spiraled down and reached like a you know a pretty low point like right as all the money stuff happened and like like I had publishers were late paying me. Yeah, uh, publishers were late paying me, and so it's like I was behind on rent and I'm living with my best friend at the time and he's like, bro. I got a house payment. <laughs> was that on. Dennis? Uh, no, uh, uh, my friend Joe. Um, okay. Uh, Dennis was happily married and living in his own house. Oh, okay, he was right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he makes much smarter decisions like than I do. Um, but what decisions were poor? Oh, I mean, okay. if... well, uh, for me, uh, so it, it, it's no, it's no one decision. There's no one overriding thing. It's just um, I. So it's like work for a publisher that I knew was unreliable. Then don't get paid in 30 days, which means I can't pay my rent, get paid 60 days or 90 days or not mm-hmm. at all. I mean, there were a couple for a but while. But what were your alternatives? You mean just have a like a bartending afraid, job while you're yes, just – I was okay. afraid to go back to that, which I ended up having to do. I, I left the liquor store, then had to go back to the liquor store when I filed bankruptcy. Like, okay. You know, so it's one of those things where it's like that was – I was grasping to keep something rather than, no, there's nothing wrong with going back to the liquor store because I can rebuild. And okay. I was so desperately trying to cling to this thing, this this, I see what you're this shell that had no foundation. Right. So, right. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Okay. And I... so the bankruptcy kind of allowed me to regroup and rebuild mentally as well as, you know, professionally or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I immediately kind of like, uh, I'm kind of rambling, but I'll just kind of go. With no, that. ramble. That's what this um, is all about. <laughs> I threw, a, I remember being on the, um, to name drop, like I remember I was on the phone with Tony Moore and like he was trying to kind of talk me through like, right, this is before I decided to file bankruptcy. And I just was like, like all my work fucking sucks. My life sucks. Um, you know, it's like, I've got all this, blah, 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 all this other stuff going on, you know? And I'm like, and every time I sit down to draw, everything is horrible. Everything is awful. I'm awful. Everything is, you know, and like, and and he's just like, dude, calm down. Step back. <laughs> you are doing this to you. Stop it. You know, like that kind of thing. Like he was uh, very Tony about it. But right, 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 right. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm taking out the drawl and the, you know, whatever. But, you know, he was very much like Tony's, you know, Tony can be very practical. And he can just be like, yeah. he, he, I, I wish I remembered exactly what he said. He's like, man, you just got to chill out. And that's kind of been like a recurring thing. Like, uh, I could see that. Yeah, you know, and. Once I 
Well, this is yeah. this is b- before yeah. Walking Dead had become much of yeah, anything. It was after. Yeah, it was after. He, he was already. This was. But I mean, it, it was. It wasn't the, the TV, TV show, show right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. before the TV show, it was. It was. Uh, it wasn't a huge book. Right. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I don't really know the numbers on that stuff. He was working on Exterminators at the time. Oh, okay. So yeah. he was doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But he also he was you know I'd been working with him. I should I should say I'd been working with him in his studio off and on for that whole year. Right. I was just going to so get. So he was kind that. of watching me descend. <laughs> right. So and he just was like, man, calm down, you know. And I, and, and I needed that. I needed somebody to say, you like you know. Some that people it was, it's are just okay wired to, to just be centered and. Yeah. And there's me and <laughs> well, I think he, he you know he deals with his own stuff. I can't say what you know. Like we all deal with our own stuff. Yeah, that's know? true. Um, that's true. I I am you know I, I've come to accept that in my trying to work on it, I've had to accept that I react quickly and I overreact dramatically. So yes, I need I I am trying to get to a place where I dramatically underreact so that I can eventually middle out. Right. Or so, or overreact, but don't. Just know it's an overreaction and put it in the like. That's where I am. Where like I know like when something like fires me up. If I get an email that like sets me off, yeah. or like you know two notes on twenty pages of thumbnails, <laughs> instead of feeling like I suck at this, yeah. I'm like let me just put that back there yes. and go work out. And tomorrow morning I'll wake up and be like, oh, those are two very easy little things, yeah. and yeah. they do make it better. So let me do that. Dude, that's a, that's one thing that storyboarding has been phenomenal for. Working in a studio and having um, directors and producers, and like you know, be becoming not precious about yeah. the work, and and not tying my sense of validation into. But I spent eight hours on this. Right. That doesn't matter. No. It doesn't. It it will never matter. Like what matters is. I'm better now than I was eight hours ago. Right. So they're asking me to redo this. It'll be so much fucking better. Like I, that's kind of where I'm trying to stay. I don't live there, but I'm trying to. Right. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah. I think in comics, that's a bit of a harder mentality just because you still have to get it done by that date. Oh, well that's the, uh, yeah, that's the other side of it is thinking and being more confident in quicker decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I was always fast, but I, I feel like I made a lot of poor comics storytelling decisions uh-huh. or finishing decisions, you know, inking, stuff like that. Um, whereas now I think that it, I can make smarter, more effective decisions quicker. Right. And the work level at the end of the day is of a level of competence that I can sit there and be like, yeah, this, this is that's fine. experience. Talking. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's all it is. It, it's, you know, uh, I was talking um, with a coworker the other day about, <clears throat> When you're like 22, 23, you spend 12 hours on a page. And then, you know, at, mm-hmm. at my age now, you're sitting there going like, well, I'm done after like six hours, eight hours. But right. I feel that guilt of having to spend 12 hours. And it's like, no, you've earned. You've oh, worked. no. As I speed up, I'm like, thank God. Because for <laughs> so long, I was like, how can I, like, how am I going to do this? Because it was just, yeah. uh, I remember my first miniseries uh, for Wildstorm. That first issue, I think it was 16 hours to pencil a page. Oh, wow. Yeah. And by the end of the fourth issue, I got that down to 12. Okay. That was just penciling. I mean, this is a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. But I was also, it was... It was my first job in comics, yeah. and it was a Wildstorm job, so I really want... I didn't want to fuck it up. No, I don't blame you. Yeah. Um, when I was first teaching myself to color, um, 
so I, I did like these a bunch of like it was one Suicide Sisters. I had done some color stuff before, but I was like, I'm gonna. It was me taking control. I'm writing this. I'm drawing this. I'm gonna fucking color. It. I'm gonna teach myself how to do it. Um, my fir- the first ten pages took me twelve hours a page to color. Oh, which, I bet. Yeah. Which once I figured out my process, threw all that out, then redid it right. all in a much faster rate. Sure. And now I have a process, but it's one of those things where I went through, like you know, this two week span of like coloring 10 pages, 12 hours a day, like, you know, like, where I'm, and at the end of it looking at, this is awful, <laughs> <laughs> but I've got a better handle on this. And yeah, then, you learned so, from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of like, but, and the, so the next thing was like coloring those 10 pages in like two days because, and I'm, they're the pages that exist now, but it's like, I needed that shit right. to get to, and that's kind of where I look at like, you know, like when I have to throw something out, it's like, all right, well, the next pass will be much better. You that's know? good. Uh, or if, even if it's, even if I don't feel better about it it will have benefited from i've done this before right right okay yeah. all right so so you're wrestling with that in kansas city yeah and did you bring that to atlanta with you no no i don't think so did um, you did the storyboarding job kind of give you a relief from that that thought process at first um yes yes and it still does um and it's one of those things where uh it comes down to as soon as i accepted that i am a storyteller and that I both want to tell stories and help facilitate the telling of stories. And I wasn't focused on the medium. My brain process for that level of guilt kind of went away. Okay. Slowly. But you said you hit bottom. Oh, oh well, so I, I want to get to, oh, Okay. So, um, okay. I kind of hit bottom last year because I like basically like that was just me spiraling. And All like, right, like, so hey, let's yeah. build towards that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you moved to Atlanta, but that that guilt, that Catholic guilt, yeah, um, had, had waned. That's no. I guess um, I should kind of. There's multiple levels of like you know. So I didn't feel guilty about not making a full time career out of comics, but I was there was an intense relief out of like you know I can just make comics in my free time. The guilt okay. comes from not making enough comics in my free time. Right. Okay. So it's like I can I work an eight to ten hour day on Archer, and then come home and ha- and still want to put in the extra two to six hours, but not do that. So that's where did the, you the, the, the did guilt. you ever have to wrestle with any anger because the way things had worked out for you weren't the way you saw them. Oh yeah, that's what um like that's the conversation I had with Tony before I filed bankruptcy at thirty and all that. That was a lot of that. Like a lot of that was like me being in this place where I'm like, you know, I'm just I. Once I got out of it, I realized what was going on. I had expectations. I had these expectations, and when those expectations were not met, I was angry. Right. Um. When they weren't met, you know, and it's one of those things where I, I realized twofold. One. You can't go through life expecting everything. You have right. to go through life making and creating and like working towards, you know. And mm-hmm. even though I was doing the work, I was there, you know, it's like I'm putting out, you know, doing all this stuff. I'm working a, a shitty job flipping pizzas or working at a liquor store and I'm still drawing pages at night. I'm doing the work, but I'm, you know, getting angry that like, you know, why isn't this publisher paying attention or why isn't this book selling? Like, you know, it's like stuff like that. And so I just, that was kind of a, once I, I, I kind of leveled myself out uh, to look at my, what had gotten me there, I realized that um, I had these ridiculous expectations that even if they weren't ridiculous on paper, they were ridiculous in the sense that I had not worked for or earned them. So I, 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 I you know, and it, it's, 
I, I wish it wasn't such a nebulous statement, uh, other sure. than, you know, <laughs> um, but, and it kind of led me into making better choices though, because okay. then I could have, um, and the thing that I kind of still talk to people about today about how I kind of try to view stuff and I fail at it a lot, but I try to view stuff in the sense of it's not, uh, the only thing I have control over is action and reaction. I what I do and how I react. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do shitty things and I react shittily, but n- knowing that and like trying to maintain. And then so that's at that time, you know, it's like I, I was also like, I've been angry for so long. I mean, I was an angry kid for no reason. You know, it's like I'm growing up playing in bands. I'm fucking just angry. And mad, oh, you're talking about childhood. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you have no idea why. I can make guesses. I don't really have a, you know, I don't have a solid thing. My parents are fine. They're still together. Uh-huh. I mean, I wasn't abused or anything like right, that. Right, right. Um, I can make, uh, there's a history of um, suicide in the family, so I don't know if, like, depression runs in the family. Okay. I can kind of assume so. I don't know. Um, but I was, you know, it's, like, angry and depressed as a kid. Like, and Sure. I think it's been, you know, a... Like and I'm I don't want to I don't want to make it seem like this is the monster I'm trying to always keep at bay. It's not, it, but it's something right. that I'm aware of. Okay, and that if left that like anyone if left unchecked, if not maintaining a healthy sense of self and like sense of place and what you're doing, yeah, you know it can happen. Okay, um, sorry, all right. I kind of <laughs> no, that's what I want you to do. I want you to yeah. talk. Yeah. Um, let's get up into the tree yeah, and then yeah. the bottom yeah. leading up into the tree. You said you had hit bottom. So what's percolating yeah. before that? I don't. Really, I'm still. I'm still working on that. So part of this, part of like this, me talking about this, like you know, uh, when I was kind of glad you asked that you want to talk because I'm like, I haven't really talked about this a lot. So it'll be nice to kind of talk about it because I don't fully understand last year. Um, okay. So I'm, you know, working on. Um, uh, I'm just now just to give people like a time frame. Last year, I'm working on uh, season finishing up season six of Archer. Starting season seven of Archer, also working on a, uh, our company was working on a TV pilot at the time that I was the uh, uh, lead storyboard artist on, storyboard supervisor was my official title. Right. But basically I'm the one like running, in charge of people and running storyboards and stuff like that. Um, I, I remember having a text conversation with somebody in the middle of last year where I, we were talking about, you know, life stuff and kind of, like, figuring stuff out, and she replied, she's like, man, you've got a lot of shit to fucking figure out right now. And I'm like, I, it just hadn't occurred to me that what I was that that's what I was saying. But I kept that at bay because I... I and what I, did you have to figure out? Working on that. I don't know, you know. Oh, okay, I, okay. Yeah, work, I mean, I Well, what think, made her say that? Um, because I was talking about... Uh, my 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 feelings about my job, my feelings about uh, you know creativity and where I was doing, and like how you know it's like I'm I I don't know I'm still like I said I'm still what were your to, feelings about the job? Um, I was very frustrated. I was very fr- um, and this is you know uh, is this frustration because you weren't getting it or had you or you were doing no, good? I, at um, it? I think it it was just a combination of like uh, I was being put into a quote-unquote new position, but it was one that I had been doing. Um, you know, I was basically in charge of me and uh, Justin were in charge of storyboards. Right. And so I was being basically, you know, put in charge of a show, running, doing storyboards that way. But also, you know, the show itself um, was problematic in its production in that it, there's just a lot of, when you're making a pilot, when you're making a new TV show, there's just a lot of hoops and there's a lot yeah. of redoing things and a lot of starting from scratch. And yeah. it's just the process. And I, I know that part of it was, I let that get to me. Okay. Um, you know, it's like, it's very much like if you, um, 
instead of taking a solid footing emotional and mental standpoint of like I get to go into a nice place that I like working with people I like to work with I was hinging my my validation on I have to getting back to what we're talking about throw everything out start all over again and just constantly having to you know redo everything but also having to refigure out uh, learning how to direct other people at the same time because okay. you know? I'm also trying to work with people whose personalities are very different from mine right. some of whom I got along with some of whom I didn't you know and that's you know with, uh, with I feel like with creative personalities people management is not always something that we're good at right at the, off the bat right so you know and, and I think also because I hadn't um I was writing more and very frustrated with like where my writing was not going. <laughs> um, uh -huh. I wasn't finishing anything, you know, um, I hadn't worked on comics stuff. I hadn't drawn much outside of work, uh -huh. you know, so I spent, you know, and then, um, you know, personally, uh, just, you know, as like, I haven't been in a relationship in like a year or so or whatever. And I think like, and it's like meeting people and having things not work out that way. Mm -hmm. just compounded and having like, you know, not really having a solid sense of myself and what I wanted in that mm -hmm. sense. So I just kind of found myself in this weird nebulous getting angry and for no real reason, okay. not being able you know, and even now I, I can't really talk. I don't, I don't have a reason. It's just all these things, you know? Like, right. Um, and like I, I got, you know, I got to kind of a, a place where, I was focusing on um, just the wrong things. Like I was like, uh, you know, it's like going out and drinking too much and just like escaping that way. Right. Um, and, you know, and like say I would meet someone that I was interested in or who would be interested in me and just like focusing on them in, a, in an unhealthy way, uh -huh. um, you know, and it's like. You know, and, and everyone I talked about this is like, nah, dude, we all do it. Just don't fucking stop, you know, right, just stop. Right. And it, but I, I couldn't stop. I kept spiraling down. Like, right. I just kept, you know, focusing on, like, you know, it's like, I mean, go home. Here's fucking, here's drinks. Go home. Like, uh, why hasn't this person texted me back? Uh, you know, go home, stare at the, like, drawing board. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, right. stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, or, you know, it's like work 12 hours and then not know how to shut my brain off okay. other than those things you right know, like right. obsessing about something someone i have no control over obsessing or, or escaping through alcohol and stuff like that you know um so that just that just kept going it just kept building um and honestly by the i weirdly the tree falling on me didn't really wake me up <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the tree yeah, falling. Yeah. Um, so, so tell me that story. Because okay, yeah. I mean, you haven't heard this, have you? No, just a little. I just think I emailed you to make sure you're okay, and yeah. that was about it, other than reading some news clippings on yeah, it. Yeah, which that was funny. Um, yeah, thank you, Rich Johnson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm talking about like Atlanta news. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. No, uh, what did he do? On, no, he posted on Bleeding Cool, which I thought oh. was funny. Um, didn't bother me, I just thought it was funny. Um, okay. Like, I haven't been on Bleeding Cool in, like, four years, and this is how I get on yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Cracked me up. Uh, so so I'm, it's a Sunday night in early November of 2015. Um, I'm sitting down to watch that classic Wachowski movie, Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, about 20 minutes in, uh, I'm just laying in bed watching TV. Uh, about 20 minutes in, I hear what sounds like a shotgun go off. I look up as everything falls in on me. Um, Whoa. Yeah. Uh, and I am, uh, I immediately, um, everything is black 
I'm being crushed by this massive weight that it takes. You know, as soon as I calm down, I realize what's going on. Uh, what has happened is a tree in our backyard has fallen and crushed me under it inside my house. And what were you sitting on? A bed. So I'm, it's the the tree is trapped. I am trapped between my bed and the tree. Now, are you laying on your stomach on your back? On oh, my back. Um, I was sitting up. Um, so the nice thing about how it trapped me is, uh, I, my bed was against a wall that had a window right above my head. Okay. Um, I was sitting up, and when it when I looked up, I somehow scooted down, or it pushed me down. I don't know, but I ended up so that it didn't land on my head. It landed. I was trapped from my waist up to above my head so uh, the audience can't hear this but one arm was pinned between me and the tree the other one was pinned between under my pillow so i ended up like kind of like looking like i'm taking an oath right right right. (laughs) Um, that's a good way of putting it yeah uh uh and like the tree is resting against my head um and it's my one leg is free one leg is pinned by roof debris but fortunately, which the thing that I realized later is that the tree, instead of pushing the wall behind my head onto me and therefore crushing glass all over me, pushed the wall out in a way. Okay. So I ended up with roof debris. Um, I still have a little bit of a scar on my elbow, but like my elbow was shredded um, uh-huh. uh, through like just nails and like what and uh, uh, what's the stuff you put shingles and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, one leg was cut up but fortunately not as cut up as it should have been because it was underneath a comforter okay. um, but it was you know trapped by whatever so but i had one like f- mostly free um so i'm and it's raining uh this this night so yeah okay. Um, okay so at this point are you in excruciating pain no i'm freaking the fuck out um i realize i am trapped uh i start to yell and scream um you know i'm like yelling for help uh you can't move your head at all. No, uh, it's pinned. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's looking sideways, basically. Like, okay. You know, um, uh, I'm yelling and screaming. I have enough. Uh, and the thing that there's two things going on. I'm yelling and screaming. Uh, I'm hyperventilating at the same time. And my heart is pumping so crazy fast. All I can feel, uh, aside from the cold and wet and the, you know, being the pressure of the tree, is. I think my heart's going to explode. Like it is going so fast. I'm like, and in my head, in my, I like, I'm like, calm down, calm down. Don't die. <laughs> don't like right. this thing. Like my immediate, like my immediate, like animal brain was like, this isn't what's going to kill you. You're going to kill you because you're, you need to calm the fuck down. So my roommate, um, fortunately was home. So she hears me. Um, she's yelling. She's, you know, she said that she opened the door and it's just, she, forest in my room because it's a massive tree that fell and she can see the outside and you know like i kind of liken it to uh in ghostbusters when they go up to the top and they open the door and they can just see the right it's that sort of thing okay um you know it's like and she has no clue where i'm at because she can't see me like Uh there's just all this debris and stuff like that but she calls 911 uh one of our neighbors uh i'll forever be grateful to him for this rushes in digs through finds me um like I mean, he's yelling for me. I'm yelling for him. Uh, I didn't know who he was at this point. I just, it was just a voice and someone throwing stuff. Right. Eventually I'm kicking my free leg enough that I kick him. And which is funny because later he walked outside and he's like, well, his back's not broken because he kicked the shit out of me, <laughs> <laughs> which is, you know, which is fortunate, you know? Yeah, um, sure. yeah. And he, so he stayed with me. Uh, he found me and just basically hold on to my leg until, until the fire department stuff showed up. 
Um, and then, yeah, so a, a, a fire department shows up, and then I found out later that a total of uh, four fire departments showed up because they had no fucking clue how to get me out of there because wow. it's a massive tree that's like, you know, I'm a big dude. I'm six one, like, you know, and it's like I've, you know, my arm spans like six feet, and it was wider than it's probably two of me or like wow. around. Um, it's huge. Uh, so, yeah, I'm under there, um, and then the EMTs, the and they're talking to me, and they are just basically trying to remove debris and just trying to find me, like, you know, and eventually they do. And, like, because I remember at one, like, at one point, like, they're, they're clearing stuff, you know, between the tree and my bed, trying to get so they can just even see me to talk to me, you mm-hmm. know. And in the process of doing so, they managed to free my right arm from under the pillow. Uh, and then one of the guys just grabs my hand and he just holds my hand for the next few hours. I don't, I don't have a sense of time, but he's just got to hold my hand for hours. Um, the movie started around like 8.39. I was in the EER around a little after midnight, so somewhere in the, you know. Yeah. You weren't pinned to the point where you couldn't get a breath. Um, no, I was not, but as, uh, as time wore on and they removed more stuff, mm-hmm. the tree started to pin me more mm-hmm. as they were trying to free me more the tree started to come down more and i it was getting harder to breathe because of that but it was also getting it was i had calmed down a, you know mostly and was cracking jokes with the guys you know stuff like hey guys you know sorry to have a party and the place is a mess but you know <laughs> stuff like that because that's the only way i know how to deal with shit <laughs> um, you know and like uh but so and they're just like no we've almost got you but we've almost got you man you, you know calm you know just stay calm like you know relax like um, I lost track of your question. Sorry. Uh, you were you're able to get a breath, but now yeah, the yeah, tree's yeah, pinning yeah. more. Yeah, um, but I was able as long as I kind of like at that point, especially um, I was able to breathe normally after I calmed myself down, stopped hyperventilating. Um, uh, I was able to breathe normally, and then at that point, once the tr- once they were removing stuff and super clear, I mean, it was shortly after this that they got me out. So, um, but it, I just was like breathe shallow, breathe shallow, like you know like right. rather than whereas right. when i was hyperventilating it was like <laughs> right you know right, like, right, right. <laughs> so yeah and that was the biggest thing was like knowing that they weren't going to do they weren't intentionally going to do anything to make things worse right and trying not to let my fucking lizard brain freak out you know and keep my body you know whatever right so yeah so they eventually Get the tree off of you? Um, no, uh, no. They they eventually remove. Um, they unfortunately. So my bed frame was metal, so they couldn't chainsaw that out uh-huh. to drop me down. Uh, they couldn't figure out a, the 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 house itself had all hardwood floors. They did. They I heard them talk about like cutting the floor out and dropping the bed down, mm-hmm. but they didn't know if the tree would continue with it. Right. Stuff like that. So what they eventually did was they propped up on both sides of the bed using I don't know what at the, uh, I don't know what they used, but. They propped up both sides of the tree so that it would not go down more so that they could then cut out the bed from underneath me and, like, remove filling from the bed to lower me enough. Because I'm a huge dude, so it's like if I'd been a smaller person, I don't know if it would have been better or worse. I have no idea. Excuse me. Um, So they basically just, through them removing filling and pushing down, I was then, they were then able also to pull me and I was able to kind of, I was able to move, so they were able to, I was able to kind of shimmy from underneath the tree. So you could stand up, like, you weren't well, I, that injured, let, right, but, but you um, could. Yeah, I could feel everything, and their thing was, like, they wouldn't let the EMTs in, um, so I, they put me on a, they get put me on a board thing as best as they could, 
um, and then carried me out. And the EMTs got me and uh, put me on a, uh, you know, put the neck brace on me and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, I, I was, I, I felt okay. Like, I mean, relatively speaking. Right. <laughs> you know, um, it was more like I'd been in the rain for so long at that point that I was just cold and, you right. know, um, just glad to be alive, you know, just like I still, you know, uh, unable to fully process what was going on. Okay. You know, um, so yeah, and then they got me onto the ambulance. Um, unfortunately, uh, my my friend and boss Neil, um, you know, came. Uh, coworker Justin Wagner came, and they were at the house. They came to the hospital, stayed the whole night with me at the hospital. Yeah, that's where I saw. That's yeah. where I found out on Justin's Facebook feed. Yeah, yeah, they, I, they we were. They, I was like, you know, they showed up and like, you know, I'm there in like a neck brace and. <laughs> looking my best um, <laughs> yeah and at one point like i was well enough that like i was like come on guys let's do it let's do it let's take a picture <laughs> <laughs> so what were your injuries um just bruises and scrapes man just bruises and scrapes. no like, stitches no nothing no physical nothing injury. broken nope no broken they kept me in overnight because they wanted to run x-rays mri and cat scans and they okay. did all that and Miraculously enough, um, after being trapped under, after being you know pinned by a tree for several hours, they were expecting me to die. On the the people at the hospital, because they weren't on the scene, they were just told what had happened. They were apprised, but you know, and so when I got there, they're like, "This can't be him," because we're expecting someone who looks like they were crushed by a tree. Right. Whereas I'm sitting there like. You know, making jokes with the MT people. <laughs> you know, okay. Again, I don't know how to deal with anything if I'm not, you know, cracking a joke. So and I'm not that funny. It's just more my process of like, you know, um, <laughs> you know, um, just being a shithead to myself. But uh, so, yeah, like I, and the, the whole night, like the the main doctor who was taking care of me, like he just keeps coming by and like uh, just being like, God, I just it's, I can't believe like you're OK. Like, do you feel anything? And I'm like. Well, it feels like a tree fell on me, but other than that, you know, <laughs> like I just was, I didn't even have, um, I guess one of the things I should kind of like mention is like the, like they were super concerned because when I got in like the tree, you know, they were worried about massive internal bleeding, right. massive, any stuff being broken. They were worried about all that. And somehow nothing was, there was no bleeding. There was just like, I was a little bruised. Um, and, but I, they were super concerned about, I had had a board from the roof, um, a small, like two by two, uh, pinned against my jugular for th- two to three hours. Oh. Um, so they were concerned about damage to my trachea and damage uh-huh. to my windpipes and stuff like that. And the doctor, uh, and for a while I had, like for a day or two, I had like a bruise from that. And the right. doctor was like, if that had been a half inch over, you would not be here because it would have pierced everything and you would just died and bled, suffocated to death, like bled out and all that. Whoa. So, I mean, I, uh, I'm, very aware of how fortunate I am. All know? right, so you wake up the next morning in the hospital, yeah. and what's going uh, through no, your I was head? awake the whole time. I was awake from. The but time I mean, I if you yeah. stay, you stay at the hospital. I mean, uh, yeah. So I the next home. day, yeah, I go home. Um, yeah, I don't go home. I go. And Neil takes me to his house, and I stay there for about a month. But uh, yeah, he takes me home, and I'm just like I. He's, you know, trying to process this as someone who watched his friend and coworker go through this weird thing, and I'm just sitting there like I. I don't know hungry and i'm thirsty mm-hmm. they wouldn't let me drink water i just want to drink water because <laughs> when you when they do mris cat scans and all that, right. they don't they don't want to risk anything being damaged right. internally and water right. basically making it worse um so yeah the, the, he takes me to his place um and i get i'm covered in you know tree dirt uh house dirt like shingles stuff like everything i i you know the whole time i'm in the hospital i'm just filthy like i looked much worse that's why they couldn't tell how bad i was 
is because I was just covered in all this dirt right. and stuff. So the, to me, it looked they, it, you know, it looked like I was much worse than I was. And once right. they started wiping stuff away, they're like, "Oh, you've just got scrapes and cuts. Like you're okay." So I finally got to shower and kind of take stock and like that's when the like stiffness and pain of like you know it's like that's oh like, sure yeah you know of everything just kind of starts setting in and like i you know they went neil and his wife uh went and got all the prescriptions and drugs and stuff like, like you know ibuprofen and like pain meds and stuff like that and like i just took that and just ca- cashed out for like half a day most of the day and then yeah, from there woke up and like was like, well, okay, <laughs> where do I go from here? Right. So where do you go from there? What are you What are you thinking? I mean, um, I mean, I imagine at that point you're like, okay, material shit means nothing. Yeah. I, I'm aware of that now. Yeah, yeah. I'd um I had had a couple of instances like you know it's like my parents' basement flooded when I was you know a little kid, so I lost a bunch of comics and like music equipment that way. So that Ooh. that kind of like started my mentality of being okay with like losing stuff. But with this instance, I literally lost half my shit. Like, I, it's like I lost my bed. I lost, like, all these books. I lost all my movies, DVDs, you know, like, DVD player, Apple, you know, all that stuff, all my clothes. Um, I had uh, my running shoes because they weren't in that room. And then Neil had, when he went back to the house to kind of just try and grab stuff for me, uh, he managed to grab my guitars and uh, just grab some random clothes. So I had, like, a pair of pants, two shirts, a pair of underwear, like, for, like, a couple of weeks until I was able to buy, like, new stuff. So everything else was just gone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one thing is, is, so the nice thing about that house is a three-bedroom house. Um, all three bedrooms were in a row on one side of the house. So mine was on this corner that the tree fell into. Uh-huh. My office was basically unaffected. So I did oh, not okay. lose. That's... I didn't lose my Mac, my, my, all my That's computers. That's what I was going to get to the in your artwork. Was, yeah, it was the one day that my laptop was in that office. Normally it's in the bedroom or else I would have lost that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, but I did lose iPad, phone, right. stuff like that. Um, all my, all my like, you know, from, I kept. For some reason, I kept all those journals and stuff when I was a kid. So it's like I lost all this stuff from like being like a teenager, which is <laughs> probably fine. Nobody needs bad poetry in the world. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like lost all that stuff. You know, I lost like bank records. Lost like it's like now, like I'm trying to go through some stuff where it's like I need to prove certain things you oh, know, okay. for money. Right. It's like I can't. That stuff's gone. You know, it's just gone. Right. Like because that room was demolished. So yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah. So that's uh, and for like the first week. Um, other than kind of making sure my friends and family knew that I was okay, uh-huh. um, that I, I just didn't really deal with, like, life. It was just kind of, like, take pain med, watch TV with Neil and his wife. Right. <laughs> so were you what, were you in between seasons? No, we were in knee-deep in the middle of uh, season seven. Uh, uh, we were, so and, Neil and was the go- other pilot that we were working on was still in production at that point. So Neil was still going off to work every day, yeah, and you yeah. were just resting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, I took off. I I was only out a week out of work for about a week. Oh, okay. Yeah, I basically like they were like, "You should stay," and I'm like, "You don't understand. I'm gonna go nuts if I don't have something to do." (laughs) I have nothing. Like, I can't go home. (laughs) Right, right. I need something to do. I need something. And also, I didn't know how to process what was uh, you know. And I'm still working on that, but I didn't know how to process what was going on. I didn't know how to process what happened to me. That the fact that my life is now irreparably different. Right. And it's not in a way that I can't recover from. It's just like, okay, where, how do I begin this thing? It's like, okay, call insurance company. Hey, insurance, this happened. Oh, crazy. Well, here's what you need to do for us. Call AT&T. Hey, AT&T, um, so probably not going to pay that bill anytime soon. <laughs> stuff right. like that. You know, just starting there, like, you know, just going through, like, the normal, normal quote-unquote stuff of, like, trying to – Here's the thing in my life that this has directly affected, and just deal with that like one beat at a time. Okay, you know. So. 
All right, so that you didn't hit bottom there. No, oddly enough, um, you'd think. I, I think my ability to not deal with things really came to its forefront at that, you know, with that, because I just basically, you know, uh, I just emotionally shut off. Um, it, it just, and I think that my placing um, other people in my life on a pedestal kind of became the like you know it's like i could focus on that i could obsess about that like what do you mean relationship stuff um okay. sorry i'm being vague but, no no you know, no no, that's um, fine no no i don't need yeah. names i just yeah, didn't know what you know it's just more it's just it's i'm still kind of processing stuff so okay it's, it has nothing to do with them it has to do with how i acted and reacted right and the, i didn't it was more like i just didn't deal with things uh i didn't start trying to deal with things until it mentally and emotionally got too bad. And I would have gotten to the, I feel like I, I feel like I would have gotten to, well, let me just talk about it and then I can kind of whatever. Um, so, you know, I'm dealing with all the house stuff, um, trying to make some semblance of my, of get some semblance of normalcy back in my life, which was going back to work, like hanging out with friends and stuff like that. Um, and also, you know, and also trying to, you know, navigate like relationship stuff. Like, you know, it's like trying to, it's like, I like this girl. I want to date this girl. And like, you know, and, but like I unhealthily focused on that in a way that put them in a place that they should, that they didn't deserve and didn't, earn, uh, didn't need to be, you know, it's like, they've got their own life. They've got right. their own bullshit. I'm, and I'm going, I'm dr- literally driving myself crazy. And that's what happened. Like, I just drove myself nuts to a point where it's like, um, you know, and I, 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 I don't do this, but I see now that I have the capacity to do that. You know, it's like, and I drove, and so like, I'm doing this and not realizing how bad it's getting, but I do have, and I'm, I can't, I'm not sitting there like walking around like a crazy person. It's just like, I'm, you know, unhealthily like living and acting and obsessing about stuff. You know? okay. it's like, and it's not just this person. It's like, you know, work stuff, life stuff, comic stuff, you know, right. it's like, you know, it's all a symptom of the larger thing of like, I am not relaxing. I am not taking a step back and I am just diving further into this mental black hole. Okay. But I'm waking up and going to work every day. Everybody right. thinks I'm like, oh, you're fine. That's crazy that you went to back to work after a week. Yeah. Hey, look at me. I'm good. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, shit like that. And like, uh, December rolls around, we go on Christmas break and I take a couple weeks and I drive back to, um, Kansas city. And, uh, I basically, I did, I detoured and stayed with some friends, uh, for a couple of days, um, and then went to Kansas city. So I ended up being on the road for about, you know, 24 hours, just kind of driving around, mm-hmm. which made it worse. Cause I was alone in my head that whole time. Mm-hmm. Normally that's a very cathartic thing for me this time around. It was not right. Um, so I get to my parents' house and I'm just like further, just like mentally following the rabbit down that black hole even more and more. And it's like, has nothing to do with anybody else but me at this point. It's just me just following my depression down and not realizing, like not realizing how far down I am. And knowing that that's what I'm doing. Okay. So I uh, go to, uh, I get to my parents' house um, after just mentally stressing myself out for a couple of days. You know, uh, I, I get there. Um, I laid, I, I can go, you, can, and sorry. if you can't, that's fine. But can sure. you talk about what you were stressing out about? Um, at this point, it was about 
this person who I was not in a relationship with that I wanted to be in a relationship okay. with. Okay. So it was something that didn't even exist. Okay. And that was part of the, you know, my mind was like just making up all this shit. You were beating yourself up yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, which had been a while since I'd done that. I, it was one of those things where <laughs> it'd been a while and I was like, I was, I'd been a while since I'd been in that, that many rounds of that fight, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, it's like, and it, you know, it's like I, I can, you know, say that it hadn't been this bad since I was like 13, you know. Okay. Um, but I, yeah. Why do you think your mind was obsessing over that at that time? Um, I'm still trying to work that out. Still trying to figure that out. I um, mean, I, I'm, I would guess the tree has something to do with it and facing your yeah, immortality. Well, yeah, yeah, no, do. very much so. And, and that's what I'm kind of working through right now. Is, okay. um, so when I, um, about 10 years ago when I worked at the liquor store. All right, I'll go back further. Sorry. When I was 16, I had a dream where I was shot in the dream and I died. And after that, there was nothing. The rest of the dream was just black. I was conscious, but there was blackness. I woke up and I didn't believe in God anymore. Okay. Um, when I was 26-ish, uh, worked at a liquor store, opened the store one morning. Two guys came in with handguns, held the liquor store up. They tied me up, took me in back. Uh, both of them had their guns to my head. Uh, another customer came in, and so they ended up leaving after robbing him. Sheriff said, those guys have killed other people before. You probably should not have lived. Wow. At that point, that was when I kickstarted. That was when I got my comics career going. Okay. Because <laughs> I, it's 2005. I'm not doing shit. Met Dennis shortly after, and I'm like, I need to do shit. So, okay. Yeah. Um, this, you'd think the tree would have been the thing. But I think I was the only person who was not impressed that a tree fell on me. Like, you know, I... I and that's because I wasn't dealing with it. I was not processing. You, I was not processing these things happening to me. Whereas with the other things, did you feel a, a trying to figure out how to word this? Did you feel a sense of like I should have been killed, or I'm not? I'm, I'm not worth to, continuing. That's what I'm about to get. To. Okay, so go um, ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, this is so. This is what happened. This is this is bottom. Um, so I uh, I fall asleep at my parents' house. Um, and I'm super, you know, hyper stressed out, like hyper, like just mentally, like can't shut off and all that stuff, you know? Um, so I fall asleep. Uh, I wake up in the dream, um, which I did not realize was a dream at the time, but I am aware that I died when the tree fell on me and that I, my existence in this timeline is wrong. So I should not belong here. And okay. so, so everything that is happening right now is wrong. And, oh, God, I'm awake. And I was. I was lucid. Like, I was, I was the blackness of the room I was in. I could see the forms. But this other thing is still going on. And I woke up freaking the fuck out. And At your parents' house? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, freaking out how? Um, just not yelling or anything. Just, like, right. woke up, like, what the, like, and, like, and had to make sure that... I could touch things and okay. stuff like that, you know. But that stayed with me, that sense of you're in the wrong timeline because you should not be here. Dread. Yeah. It's just like, I, you know, it's one of those things where, like, uh, my storytelling brain, you know, likes the right. idea of multiple universes <laughs> right, living on top right, of each other, you know. Right. That Berenstein, Berenstein Bears thing is fucking amazing to me because I'm like, <laughs> I like the idea of living in a world where two timelines merged. <laughs> and that's probably what my brain is doing is just, like, trying to rectify, like, this a massive amount of stress I'm putting right. on myself. And try to make sense of it so it tells me this, you know, it does this crazy dream thing. And so 
but I also think at the same time, it was my brain going, stop. You're still here. Like, I, as I come, you know, around, you know, weeks and months later, and part of what's slowed down me dealing with it was, you know, getting sick last month. But, like, like you know, um, I, I – so I go through Christmas um, and then drive home. And on the way home, I'm, I've already hit that spot. So now it's just processing, you know. So now I'm just going through and I'm, I'm not playing. I'm just going, like, I need to stop. Like, I'm the only thing keeping me from getting more work done is me. The only thing keeping me from being a productive friend or boyfriend or whatever is me. The only thing keeping me from having interpersonal relationships that actually mean something and go beyond, you know, the cursory every day is me. I am sitting there and I am keeping things bottled in, but I am also keeping people from opening that, you know? And so it's like, um, now I am just trying to work and work through. And it's one of the things where it's like I was never unhappy before. I was just angry. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter. And I hadn't been that angry. Like I, I got back to a place last year that I hadn't been since like high school and stuff like that. Like I was just fucking super angry for like, and I would just like react badly and react poorly. And it was just like I had let this. You were angry before the tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The tree, like nothing, you know, if anything, you know, that's just nature, you know. <laughs> the fact that I lived is now on me, you know. It's right. like on me to, and that's the other thing, too, is, like, you know, having people, you know, my next-door neighbor, like, you know, when I, whenever I would go by the house to pick up stuff, to move stuff out, he was always like, he's like, oh, you got to know, you know, Jesus loves you, how lucky you are. And I'm like, I, I you know, I, while I don't believe in that stuff, I'm like, you don't understand. I do realize how lucky I am, how, it's, how fortunate I am to still be alive and still be able to make something of this. So now I have to live and make something of this. And, I, and it's, it doesn't mean I have to fucking go out there and change the world or anything. Right. Like that. It just means, like, making the most of, like, you know, getting back to that place that I, that I thrive in where it's like, did I get something done today? Did I, you know, can my head hit the pillow and feel like I have accomplished something in me that has, you know. So is that, that's what you're doing now? Yeah. yeah so I'm working on getting, yeah, yeah. For example, like, what's different? What are you um, doing now that you weren't doing before? Uh, well, on a personal level, just basically trying to be a better son to like my family, my parents and stuff like that, like call them more regularly, like, Uh you know, actually talk to them about stuff, like, you know, talk to them about like, you know, well, here's, you know, I kind of fucked this up financially or like, you know, yeah, like I'm just kind of going through this shitty time with the, with the job or personally, whatever. Stuff that I would never do because we're a family that doesn't really talk to each other. Okay. So it's, <laughs> we, we're around each other, but we don't talk about stuff. You know? right, right. So just kind of and, – and in doing that, you know, they're more open about their stuff too. And also trying to be that with my friends, trying to be there, um, you know, t- uh, the trying to listen rather than waiting to talk, um, you know, just okay. little stuff. Uh, with work, it's – continuing – I've always been honest with them about who I am, but being honest about um, – with them, I, I'm working on. I need to be honest with them about what I want out of the job. You know, I need to. I've got to. I've got to work on like, you know, I like being here. I like being with these people. I, there's why? Why can't I say that? <laughs> Stuff right. like that. You know, just and then also being like, you know, sitting there and like the thing. I, I one of the main things I love artistically, but creatively about the job is it's always there's always something every episode that I don't know how to do. Okay. But I, instead of, I got, I, I didn't appreciate, I got to a place where I had stopped appreciating that. So I, I need to, I need to get back to a place where I'm appreciating that more, where I am failing and challenging myself. And where, you know, it's like, 
rather than just letting that build of that failure build up rather than being like, fuck yeah, you don't know how to do this. Let's learn, son. Like, come on, you know, get right. that, that place of learning, that place of like the peak is in sight. Oh no, that was just a part of the mountain. We've still got, you know, and not being uh-huh. daunted by that, but feeling like, you know, the, the, the mountain, the, the trick of it is the mountain never stops. Right. But you know, the joy of like, well, there's a part I haven't seen before. There's a tree I haven't seen. You know, it's like the, the part of the journey where it's like, I'm not sitting there and feeling like, um, um, my self-worth is not based on someone patting me on the head and doing a good job. Those are nice bonuses. My self-worth is sitting there going like, I don't need to make five steps. I need to make a step, you know, like, now, and not, and not beating myself self up over not doing five. Right. It's right. Okay. Any progress. Is not this, set. And that's where, that's where the expectations thing I mentioned happened uh-huh. years ago. That's where that comes from. It's like not setting up those expectations of like, if I don't get five, if I don't get, um, say it's like I come home and work on comic stuff. Say it's like, if I don't get like 10 pages written, five, say I don't get five pages written, beating myself up over that and then not writing for three days. That's horrible. And I do that to myself all the time. Right. So now it's like, just I do am, something. I am going to write. There is no expectation. And at, and the minute I stopped doing that, shit got done, you know, huh. um, for me. You know, sure. What, I, however, I need to trick my animal brain to doing this. I'm, right. will, I'm willing to do, you know, and it's like so it's like it's just sitting down and being like, you know, uh, t- and also treating the rest of my life like I treat work because I'm with comics and with storyboarding. I'm very much like I'm given a script and the script is a problem. This is a problem I have to solve. And I have a certain amount of skills and time with which to do this. And whatever skills I lack, I need to create. So um and, and now I'm trying to transition that into writing where it's like, get something done, anything done, anything you don't know how to do will still be there tomorrow. You've got time to figure it out. Right. Like that sort of thing. And like, and, and I'm not saying I'm good at any of this. This is all I'm failing at this always, but <laughs> <laughs> now, but this, this is very healthy way of being trying it is yeah but well the thought process is very yeah, healthy yeah, yeah. i know implementing it is is a, is a whole other oh, story dude, it's hard it's horrible like I, it's but the thought yeah. process itself is that new is that since the the tree and the hitting bottom there or? are new layers to it yes. oh, okay the, the the thought process itself is something that i always come back to but there are parts that my ego didn't want to accept there are parts like that, what um the easiest one is the not beating myself up over not getting the amount that I, the ridiculous amount of work that I over expect myself to do. Like that's something that like, I never gave myself permission to not get enough done. Right. (laughs) Because enough is such an arbitrary subjective thing that if I get something done by the end of the week, I've got a thing. Right. Cause you know, it's like if I write a page a day for five days, I've got a five pages of a, you know, and that's like, that's more than I would have gotten done if I'd written a page and then got mad that I didn't get five pages and then didn't write for a week. You know? I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of Eastern ideas behind what you're saying. Yeah, and I mean, as I, I was attracted to a lot of that stuff um, as a kid, um, and I got away from a lot of it, but it's something I'm kind of, I, I don't know. I, I, I need to kind of look back into it. You know, it's yeah. nothing that I've overtly done now, but it's something that I think about a lot. Because my yeah. when I stopped believing in the the Christian notion that I was raised with of you know God and all that stuff, uh, what stayed was my overriding belief in life, and life will always go on in some form or another. Okay, and my 
my wanting to believe that even if this form is temporary, the idea, and this is purely ego, and this is a part of the thing that I need to work on getting rid of, but the egotistical part of me is that I will go on in some form. <laughs> but I think that's what we need in order to make our lives feel like they matter to us. Sure, so. sure. Well, I mean, I guess you could say the flaw of religion is that it's ego-based. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, that was, that was good. Uh, is there anything... <laughs> We didn't cover that you were hoping to cover today. Uh, no, I kind of came in just we, you know, we talk about whatever. So yeah, sure. I mean, and it, it feels good to talk about this stuff because while I, I, it's it's one of those things where, um, and thank you for being someone who like we know each other, but we're not like you know don't talk all the time. So it's right. like being someone I can kind of say something to and not feel like it's you know uh, there's any sort of like you're you're not to blame for anything I'm talking about. You know no. I mean? Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, whereas if I, I feel like if I were to talk about like, you know, I can talk about this with friends and coworkers, but I don't want them to, like, I don't, I don't want people to feel like that anyone did this to them, to me other than me. You know? Yeah. You like, did say that a lot. Yeah, you yeah. are, you are taking a lot of responsibility yeah. for everyone. But the, the thing I'm trying to move through now is like, you know, um, there is, uh, don't beat myself up over that. Right. Don't make that the thing. You know, don't right. make don't that fixate the thing. on that. Yeah, my emotional <laughs> martyrdom doesn't need to. <laughs> so, you know, and also it's like, and I don't, and anyone listening to this, I don't want you to come away and think that I'm an unhappy and like, you know, it's just like, I think that like, you know, um, we all deal with a lot of shit. Like, yeah, you're right. There's just a lot of stuff to process. And <laughs> I allowed myself to get to a place where I just didn't healthily deal with, like, you know, everyday stuff. Like, yeah. Nothing terrible other than the tree, um, you know, and then getting sick. Like, I got sick last month. So it's like a, you know, like, and uh, I'll just talk about it. The fuck, I came down with shingles, and shingles is, you know, chicken pox lives in you until you're an adult. Yeah. And then yeah. apparently you get super stressed out. Your immune system says, yep. hey, we're done fighting this, and then lets it back out. Right. Um, and I didn't think I was stressed out, but that was my body's way of saying, like, hey, fucko. That's the thing about stress. You don't yeah. know. No, I had. I thought I was fine. Your body. Like I was, when I first had, when I had those anxiety issues, yeah. it was my body telling. Like I, I didn't know I was, I was, I was stressed. I was anxious. I didn't yeah. know any of that. I just like all these physical things popped up yeah, to let and me I, know. I, I think mine's the same too. Is like my body, like dude, you know, like I didn't recognize the anxiety. I didn't recognize all this other stuff. Yeah, that's a good or way just, of putting it. I didn't recognize, uh, didn't it. recognize the sleep deprivation. You know, I didn't recognize that I wasn't getting enough sleep, or that I was, you know, it's like uh, drinking of two pots of coffee a day is not healthy. But, that's yeah. not good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you know, so it's like I'm already unhealthy enough. I don't need to, you know. So it's like you know, I was, uh, you know, of of course my mind and eventually you know my mind fucking collapses in my not literally but you know it's like and then my body's like hey buddy we're not doing so good here either yeah I'm yeah like, oh okay like <laughs> like you know and then then going back to the tree thing the tree thing was just a way of you know i feel like you know it, if there is an overriding thing uh that does if nature has any effect on us it's that i have no control over yeah. anything outside of me. So, you know, it, it, why am I trying to be a control freak about anything other than I can be better, I can act better, I can react better. So, yeah. That's a healthy way of being. <laughs> All right. Um, so I, I, I guess you've listened to this mm -hmm. a little bit, so you know that we're going to end with a question. Sure. Um, so... You've already said you have a background in music. Yeah. 
hip hop metal or punk rock or all or some? Um, What'd you I come up on? But uh, I came up on rock and metal. Okay. Um, like I was just talking to you earlier about going to see Tool. Right. Uh, I've seen Tool probably minimum of 15, 16 times, probably upwards of over 20. Wow. Um, there was a while in my early 20s where I was driving all over the place to go see them. Not in a deadhead kind of way, but it's like, right. fuck it, I got nothing to do. Let's let's go <laughs> let's go to Denver, you know, and see Tool play. Let's go to Iowa and see Tool play. Um, uh, I basically started learning guitar um, at 13, uh, 12, 13, and then was in my first band by 15, and then put out a couple albums, and then been in and out of band since. Were you drawing then, too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I did a, in high school, like, I was working on a bunch of, a couple of different comics things, so I probably did a couple hundred pages at high school. So what made you choose, or I'm assuming you pursued comics harder? Um, the, I had no intentions of going to college after high school, mm-hmm. so uh, just played in the band, band broke up, uh, and then had no idea what to do with myself, and then remembered the Kubert School. And I was like living in my parents' basement. I'm like 18, you know, (laughs) and like, I need to do something with my life. Uh I don't want to go to a regular school. I could care less about math and like, I'm interested in all these things, but I could care less about going to school for math and science. I want to draw. I want to go to school that teaches me how to work. Keyword school seemed like that. Went there, toured it, applied, went, spent three years working. And I didn't know you went to keyword school. Yeah. Yeah. I went from uh, 99 to 02. Um, and yeah, I honestly, it is, you know, some, I had some of the best in like, you know, uh, also worst times. Like it was just, it was like anyone's college experience. Right. You know, you fuck up or, and you do good, you know, you make good friends and <laughs> you make some enemies. Did and, you yeah. have classes with Joe? Joe. Kubert? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he was, by that point, he was teaching uh, third year mostly. Mm-hmm. But we had him a couple times. He would sub for like a second year thing. Um, but yeah, third year. I had How him. awesome was that? It was fucking badass. Like uh, him. Uh, Hi, Eisman. Um, oh God, this is terrible. I'm blanking out his name. The guy that created Dondi, he just died uh, last year. Um, short little man, but seeing like those guys, uh, um, having them as teachers was just a master class. And like, they're classy dudes. Like, yeah. like Joe is just like, you know, it's like we would sit there and like ask him questions about how was working on this, how was working on that. That's awesome. And he would talk <laughs> about it, but he would also be like generous and be like, you could tell if he didn't like a work experience, you could tell, but he would never say anything bad. I got you. you know, it's one of those things where it's like he was a, he was a gentleman. Like, and, right. and also like, you know, those guys had seen everything. They'd seen, sure, they'd seen sure. you know, 30 years of kids fucking up. They'd been through several decades of their own careers of, like, making mistakes. And so anytime you tried to pull shit over, uh, pull wool over them, they're like, yeah, kid, go back to the drawing board. <laughs> like, that was the best for me is, like, when, you know, those times when, like, you know, it's like when Joe is just like, like, but, but Joe, I'm trying to do this. And be like, yeah, no, I get it. Totally. <laughs> Run along. <laughs> no, I see, like the the. I see what you're doing. Trust me, it's not that clever. <laughs> like, like that's right, right, yeah. right, right. Um, but yeah, Joe was just always just so generous and kind with his time. Um, wow. Uh, he was very patient with us, um, and I get the sense that he, from a lot of the other teachers and who were also former students and stuff like that, that he, while that he had mellowed with age, that he used to be a much. Uh, uh, Stricter, harsher, you know, but never in an unkind way, right. just in a, you know, um, but that the, I never felt like that mellowing made him soft or lax. Right. I, I just felt that he learned. I, fe- I felt like he dealt with us um, 
very appropriately. You know, right. it's one of those things. Where, and, and, and not that he he didn't deal with anyone inappropriately. It's just more like you know, instead of being, uh, the, it, there was, I think he had learned by you know over the years and stuff like that. There's the uh, harsh way to say something, and then there's the nice way, and you can get better results with the nice way. You know, and I feel like. You know, and this is maybe this is just my personal read on him, and I think it is like it's just my read. But like watching him deal with us and deal with students and stuff like that, it's like yeah, this man has a. You can tell this man has been a family man all his life, but also right. you can tell this man has been running, has been directing other people all his life uh-huh. because he was able to command authority just by being in the room. Right, and he was able to talk to people and explain things in a way that he got what he wanted. It seemed like you know, mm-hmm. so and when. Um, I, w- I only wish I'd had him all three years. Wow, you know? yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Sorry, you started with music, rock. Uh, mm. Punk rock I love. Uh, metal, like I listen to a lot. Uh, mostly like metal and rock stuff, though. So what did you say about punk rock? Um, no, I love punk rock. Like Dennis and I's book, uh, Love Struck, is a lot of right. love of punk rock. Like, okay. You know, um, but I grew up on the... <sighs> the tail end of the hardcore movement of the 80s and uh-huh, stuff like that so uh-huh. it's like i'm coming into like you know unsane being you know and then getting into like more less hardcore stuff like helmet and stuff like that uh-huh, um, uh-huh. but then getting back into like one of my favorite bands right now is, and has been for the last like decade or so is dillinger escape plan mm-hmm. stuff like that where it's just crazy math rock and you know, okay. um, <laughs> but, rock. yeah but i can but i can sit there you know and i, I can put on mashuga and then the next thing i can put on will be jeff buckley or you know the weekend you know right like right so, right yeah but and you you do like hip hop, you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I I liked it, and then I worked at a record store for a year after high school. Um, and my manager at the time uh, was super into hip hop, and uh-huh. so he that was kind of like my beginning of like starting to uh, like, get okay. into all that stuff. And then in college, I went to Cuban uh, school with the guy who was super into like Def Jux and all that stuff. Uh, okay. So he got me onto Aesop, and mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah. Just from then, it's just been like yeah, good stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to promote today? Websites, uh, works? No, I mean, KevinMellon.com and then at KMellon on Twitter. So. And Archer? Uh, yeah, three uh, March 31st, uh, Thursday night. Actually, this will come out April 1st, so... Right after, yeah. So, yeah All right. Uh, deep, you know, catch it on, on demand, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like everything. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Kevin. Yeah, thank you. All right. I'm touchable, uncrushable, run it in a 600, run it in a 600, I'm touchable, uncrushable, run it in a 600, run it in a 600. I drops every blue moon to separate myself from you kings of the YouTube, I am more YouTube, I am like Bono with the edge, in Mexico, fuck Donald and his pledge. Legend has it, the wrist is magic, the left is paddock for leaps replaced by Matsuhisa. Ignore most requests for the feature, unless it's getting played on the beach in Ibiza. Why she fucking Nisha, and she sucking Shisha. Can't you see my total? Pam Kima Keisha. I'm aiming for the moguls. Why y'all niggas aiming at the locals? And rap niggas broke like them, they mere hopeful. Still wishing on a star, the last one to find out the baby on the cars. The final trilogy of Jaws, the grills like interior gauze. It feels like steel white, matching my Sony, looks African on me. They trying to pin this trafficking on me like man on Tony. My thoughts spilling over, the soft ceilings open. I cross fist the coca. Yeah, it's a different calisthenics when I do the Linux. 
Half a million parallel, then ain't nothing rented. Yeah, wearing dry fit in my shit. It rides a little better in the cockpit. Untouchable, uncrushable. Run it in a 600. Run it in a 600. Untouchable, uncrushable. Run it in a 600. Run it in a 600. Moo told me to switch styles. He just came home from the feds like a mistrial. He tells me I miss out on all that club money. I don't bounce. Adidas gave me a million and that don't bounce. The president of good music has been announced. A million a year and that don't bounce I'm in the score of these movies, I'm losing count Moo, you knew me from 1300 an ounce My breakdown game brought me 8 mile fame Selling M&M's to him and them White to the blacks, I'm a villain in The Rolls Royce playing peekaboo with the emblem Let's talk about it, gentlemen My barcode is Netflix Narcos Part on the side of my fro like I'm Pablo No Ablo, I sell blow Lone wolf, no tanto, head honcho Yeah, let's take the scenic route I can show you the strange fruit It's looking like Beirut They open the wash bay, I climb it like K2 These kilos are drought killers I flooded the Jesus, I made use Of every Spanish name I done ran across No matter what the weight I done ran it off I'm walking on water I took the sandals off Tell A&E to turn the cameras off Push Untouchable, uncrushable Run it in a 600 Run it in a 600 Untouchable, uncrushable Run it in a 600 Run it in a 600 600